Hey, thanks so much for being here. This is My City Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you are inspired to love God, love people, and lead in life. Enjoy the message. God is good, amen? Amen. He is so good. He's our Heavenly Father. If, depending on your perception of your dad, like He is our Heavenly, He is our good Father. Right? If you've had the best dad in the world, like I have, sometimes some people have it. But you can rest assured that He is our good father. Just out back, I got my kids' jackets. They're hanging up on the, the, the coat rack. They're real tiny. Like, you know, like you got a little toddler. They're like, I don't say you want to fit in that thing. But they fit in it. And I just took a moment to think. Like, just the amount of love and protection that I have over my kids. And how that reflects our father. There's times in life where we've gone through things. And I can tell you that even though you went through it, the fact that you're here is evidence that God still has you in his hand. And if God still has you in his hand, nothing can snatch you out of his hand. It's a Bible verse. Bible verses are like, you know, like you can like take that to the bank Right? Like you can build your, your foundation on that. You can build your trust on that. that. You don't have to question it. There's no one can snatch him out of my hand. And I want you to know today that you're in God's hand. The fact that you're here, some of you have been like, I don't even know why. I'm just, I, I woke up and somehow I'm in church today. Well, you're here for a reason. God has a word for you today. God's trying to strengthen you today. God's wanting to encourage you today. God's trying to help you lift up your head to the hills from where your help comes from. Your help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. It doesn't come from any political system. It doesn't come from any kind of uh, uh, law that gets passed. It doesn't come, it doesn't even come from your job, which is so stable at times and so instable at times. Come on, where are all my entrepreneurs at, right? (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like, it doesn't even come from that. Like, so he can make a pathway through the wilderness, a a pathway through the mighty waters. And so where we can find our hope isn't necessarily in the outcome or even in the solution of how we thought it was going to work out. Where we can rest our hope is in the fact that no matter what happens, no matter what comes our way, we know winds can come and rains can blow, but we're safe with the Lord. Not only are we safe with the Lord, but we're actually victorious in the Lord. Like there's sometimes Christianity takes this little identity where it can be like, um, not not to throw shade or anything, but it can come across as feminine, right? And it can help. It can it can be hard for us men to kind of relate. Like the Lord is our shield. He is our fortress. That's a manly word there. Like he is our strength, right? Like where we run into our strong tower that we can run into he's the lion of the tribe of judah like so we don't need to run around and just well i'm just going to try to be be safe i know the song talks about safe with you like but take a picture of like safe with you is that like he's our shepherd right we don't need to be in need but he's also our protector right like you mess with my kids you don't want to see that side of this dad can I say our Heavenly Father is very similar? 
And I don't know who this is for today, but before we dive into the Word, I want to pray for you today, and then we're going to continue in the message. Uh, Father God, I pray that there would be a, a revelation of who you are, that strong tower, that help. God, that, 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 that sharp bond, that strength that we're able to find in you, God, that we're not looking at, you're, I thank you that you're not just a passive God that is far out. I thank you that you know our prayers even before we ask them. God, so I pray right now that your church would find that strength in you today. God, I thank you that where we are weak, there you are strong. So our dependency isn't in the prognosis. God, we're not praying. Yes, we're praying for negative results, but we trust in you, God. God, our dependency isn't in the contract, isn't even in the opportunity, isn't even in the employment. No, God, our trust we declare in Jesus' mighty name is in you. And since we align ourselves within you, God, I thank you that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. For those that are aligned with you, God, our homes are under your protection. Our marriages are under your protection. Our children, in Jesus' mighty name, we declare are under your protection. Devil, you have them no more. They are bought with the blood of Jesus. In name, above all names, God, we cover them in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for our own lives, and I thank you that nothing can snatch us out of your hand. God, you are our good Father, our strong Father, our ever-present help in time of need. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. How many all ready for the Word of God this morning? Hey, come on. While you stay standing to your feet, stay standing to your feet in honor of the Word of God, would you open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 2, verse 41? We are in our planted series this is what I believe it means to be planted in the house of the Lord. I believe that every single person here under the sound of my voice is called to flourish in the courts of our God. Like, this isn't about just like getting by Christianity. I believe that we are called to flourish in the Lord. We don't live in fear of the world, but actually we stand strong and flourish in the Lord. And if you feel like you're not flourishing right now, I pray that this word would strengthen you and encourage you. This is what it means to be planted in the house of the Lord. I find it in Acts chapter 2, verse 41. We start. It says, those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to the number that day. The message was about repentance and turning to the Lord. It was about giving your life over to the Lord, and that's what they did. That's where this passage starts out. So then, since they decided to be baptized, what did they do? They devoted themselves, they devoted themselves, no one's going to do it for you, to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many signs and wonders performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold poverty and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, say every day. All right, now try it this way. Say every day. They continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. We're in the middle of our planted series. For the next two weeks, we're going to talk about what does it mean to be planted. And for me, I want to see God's people flourish. I don't want to see them getting by, but i got to be able to give you some steps on what it means to be planted in the house in order for you to flourish. Because commitment to God's pro promise 
without commitment to his process is delusion. You want to try to flourish in the house of God, but you don't want to commit to his process. I want to teach you how to commit to his process and what it looks like to be planted in the house of the Lord. And I believe it's something easily but to digest. It's four G's, four G-L-T-E. Can you hear me now? It's just a way for me to remember it. I think if I could remember it, I hope you can as well. But it's the gathering, the growing, the giving, and the gifting. I believe I find that throughout Acts 42, 41 through 47. That is what the church did at the very beginning. And we cannot lose sight of that. Please believe if you want to flourish in the house of the Lord, you got to be planted in the house of the Lord. you got to be planted. And last week we talked about gathering. Today, I'm excited to share with you this word on the growing. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. It's true. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. So right now, God, I pray that you would speak to us today. Open our ears to hear you. Open our eyes to see you. And right now, church, I want you to open up your hands and say these words after me. Say these words. Say, Lord, speak to me. I'm listening. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Would you put your hands together for the word of God? Hey, now as you make your way to your seat, turn to your neighbor and say these words. Say, as you go, I go. Now say this. Say, as I go, you go. As you go, I go. As I go, you go. I got some great news. I graduated high school. I graduated high school. And some of you are like, so like, this guy's got the mic? Well, I mean, I graduated high school several years ago, like a long time ago. Not that long ago, but a long time ago. And it's, it's like an accomplishment that you kind of aim towards. It's like a goal that once you graduate high school, you arrive. And it, especially in terms of like education. Now, for all my young people in here, uh, when you graduate high school, uh, that's like your life is beginning. Like, welcome to adulthood. And uh, what it means to like pay bills and, and to take care of yourself for the most part. Uh, but as I gradu- once I graduated, and this was something my parents instilled at me at a young age, was that education is not something to achieve, but education is actually a lifestyle. Like I may go to school to learn, but I have to develop a lifestyle to learn. Why? Because you never stop learning. And now even in the house of God, many think that the moment that we give our lives over to Jesus, we've actually arrived. Which, to an extent, that's the beginning of your journey with Christ. We're called not to stay there, but to continue to grow in the things of God. Say grow. Grow. We continue to grow in the things of God. Can I tell you that God desires for us to keep growing? God doesn't want us just to stay stagnant. In fact, the Bible says, I wish you were hot or cold. But the fact that you are lukewarm, I spit you out of my mouth. Like God calls each and every one of us to grow in our faith, to grow in godliness, to grow in loving, to grow in goodness, to grow in self-control, that not all of us are at the same stage in our lives. Like there's different levels of our journey. Like some people are, are further along than, than I am or, or, or maybe you may be further along or you're further along than a brother on your right or a sister on your left. That we all are at different points. But God calls us, hey, just whatever you do, don't stand still. All right? Like don't stand still. Continue to grow in the things of God. What it means to be planted is that you keep making steps. No matter if those are strides 
leaping, no matter if it's just even just a little bit, just keep moving, just keep moving, just keep moving. I feel like we're getting some dory in here. Just keep moving, just keep growing, just keep pursuing the things of God and watch how God causes your life to be fruitful. Because I believe a lot of Christians, though, we want to we, we want to grow in the things of God, but we don't realize what it takes to actually produce fruit in our lives. Can I tell you, in order to produce fruit, you have to be planted. You've got to have a root system. You're not going to see no trees producing fruit that get cut off and put into a pot, a plant, like a little thing of water. Like they need to be able to get nutrients in the soil. You're not going to see a tree that gets cut off at the roots stand very long on the ground without a root system. All it takes is a little bit of rain, a little bit of wind, a little bit of softening of the soil, and that tree's falling over. God calls us to be planted in the house, not just planted, but when you are planted, you will. It's inevitable that you start to grow in the things of God. What does it look like to be growing in the things of God? Well, I believe that this passage kind of brings that to light. Second Peter chapter 1. Verse 5, it says, for this very reason, we make every effort to add to our faith goodness and to goodness knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, to mutual affection love. So like he's going on this long list, like basically he's saying, keep adding things to your life. Make every effort to add to your life. Make every effort, what? To keep growing. Don't get comfortable. Don't get stagnant. Don't get, don't get to the point where you're like, I have arrived. I say this all the time, but I'm going to say it again. The moment that you feel like you arrived, the best thing for your life for the Holy Spirit to do is to leg sweep you because it'll wake you up because God doesn't want us to be stagnant. Verse eight or verse, yeah, verse eight. For if you possess these qualities in, what is that? Increasing measure increasing measure they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the lord jesus christ ineffective and unproductive that unproductive word is arkapos it's a greek word a fancy word it just basically means unfruitful like if you don't keep increasing in these things the bible says that will be unfruitful but if we keep increasing in these things we will be what opposite we'll be fruitful that's good news Right? Because then we just got to keep increasing in these things, and being fruitful is inevitable. But whoever does not have them, this is a big point I want to get across today. What does he say? Is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they've been cleansed from their past sins. This is a book written to believers, to Christians. And he's saying Christians that do not understand this idea of growing in increasing measure Peter is writing this to the believers, saying anyone that doesn't have that is nearsighted and blind. Nearsighted and blind. I can't get off of those words, nearsighted, in that, gosh, (laughs) I'm laughing at myself because I watch like these TikTok videos of people that get on these tangents of verses, and they're like, okay, continue in the verse, and they use that language. I just can't get off that word, and he just goes on this long tangent. So if you see it, you would have laughed because oh, I just catch myself in those moments. All right, so nearsighted. They're nearsighted. Now, we're not talking necessarily in like a temporary and eternal standpoint. That's not really what Peter's talking about. He's saying here on earth. Like they're nearsighted here on earth. So 
What that means is, well, my goal, I've reached my goal. What if God wanted to use you for more than just salvation? Like, what if your goal wasn't actually to get to heaven, but your goal was actually to be all that God called you to be here on earth? Right? Like, this is, this is like a, a, a child, like, uh, what is it, infant faith, which starts with getting to heaven. And that's good. Nothing wrong there. Let's not stay there, though. Like, it's just a turning to God, a turning of our heart to God, and right there, bam, look at that. You have salvation. It says, trust in the Lord. It says, he who believes with his heart and confesses with his mouth that Jesus is the Lord, they will be saved. Just like that. Right? But let's not stay there. Some of us, we think, okay, I'm good now. But God's saying, no, 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 no. Let's not grow lukewarm. Keep pursuing the things of God. Keep stepping in to the things of God. Keep growing in the things of God. And Peter says, if you're not doing this, you're nearsighted. And it says that forgetting they have been cleansed from their past sins. Almost as if they didn't realize that they were bought with a price. Now you're bought with a price. Being nearsighted means, well, I don't see how God could use me in the future. And this is what happens. The tragic loss of being nearsighted and abandoning all of these qualities that we mentioned, mean like living for ourselves, it's, it's not like, it's what it is, it's the loss of opportunity. It's not a question of losing salvation, but of failing to become who we can be in the here and now, as used as God intended for us here on earth. And so we don't take a moment to be future-oriented on what extraordinary thing God wants to do through us right here, right now. Have you ever taken a moment to see what God could do through you in the future? To even ask that question? This is a great place to live and where I try my best to live my life. It helps dictate my daily decisions to an extent that I don't want to get to heaven and realize that I could have believed for more. Which means I want to give it all I've got right here, right now. And that's, I think, a good place for us to live our lives. I would hate to get to heaven and not see God move mightily on my behalf here on earth. What if God actually wanted to use you to bring a revival throughout this city? Like, what if God actually wanted to use you to bring a nation back to the Lord? Like, what if God wanted to actually use you? Do you put a limit on God? Now, sometimes it's because our upbringing. Well, God could never need. What I find is God can do a lot with just a little mustard seed. God can do a lot with the tax collector. There's one of the disciples. If he can do a lot with the tax collector, certainly he can do a lot through you. So just take that moment to realize. So let me ask you, what are you giving God to use, though? Are you growing in your gift? Are you growing in what God has placed in your hand? Or are you just, well, the Holy Spirit's going to make it. No, no, no. You, God did not just play the harp through David. It wasn't a magical stone that hit Goliath in the head. It was diligence. It was hard work. He continued to perfect his craft. They said, here's a person who plays well. When, he, when they were looking for a musician to play for, Paul, for Saul, for King Saul. I'm talking like Old Testament now. Uh, I'm just getting on this tangent. This might be for someone today. They said, here's a musician who plays well. Not who prays well. It's one who plays well. 
It's taking a moment to grow in your craft, to grow in your gifting. It didn't just say, well, if God's going to make it happen, God's going to make it happen. I don't need to ever apply myself or grow. If you're in a waiting season right now, how are you growing yourself? Waiting does not look like this. It doesn't. Waiting looks like this. Reading the Bible. I'm praying. I'm worshiping. Waiting does not mean standing still. I'm going to continue to grow in the things of God because I know one day God's going to need a reservoir to pull from. So I'm going to keep adding to myself, increasing in measure all these things so that the Holy Spirit at any moment will be able to use it. In my life, I played a lot of college or high school baseball. I played baseball for 12 years, and some of you may have heard this story before, but if you haven't, I was big into baseball. Now I was homeschooled. Where are all my homeschool people at? Let me see you. It's like one thing you don't do is I'm asking all the homeschool people, like all the introverts to an extent, oh, I don't really want to step out. Like I was homeschooled. I graduated early so I could play public school baseball because they weren't letting me play it until I uh, started going to the school. And uh, I didn't really realize how God was going to use that. Hindsight, I can see a little bit how God wanted to use that. But as I was going to public school, my eyes started to, to shift from baseball and my heart started to shift away from baseball to the people of the school. And what it took was a traumatic scenario that happened in our, in our school. A, a, a young lady at the, in our same grade uh, ended up ending her own life. And uh, it really struck uh, our school to the core. And I just took a moment to hear what was going on. And being a person that struggled with depression and suicide that the Lord had stepped into my life and really helped me with, uh, I felt the Holy Spirit speak so clearly to me. There's people still going through what I have delivered you from. And he didn't really say anything in response to that, but it's like, so what are you going to do about it? And in my hardest of hearts, I said, okay, God, here I am, send me. And so from that point on, I no longer, my heart wasn't as infatuated with baseball, but it was more so for the people. And I could see how God used that. And so instead of playing college ball, which I had the opportunity to, I felt something stirring inside of me for for more, like for something more meaningful, not saying that baseball, everyone's got to run their own race and what God is calling them to, that's where God was working on me at that moment. And so I started to go to an internship, and from there I went to Bible college with no intent to ever work for a church. Please believe, I never wanted to work for a church. It's okay, you can laugh at that, right? But here I am. It's funny how God can use that stuff. I never thought I would use my, my biblical studies degree just to, or to actually use it as a livelihood. Never thought. I just wanted to, what, grow in the things of God. I wanted to give God things to use. And so I was, when I was going to school, I was listening to podcasts nonstop. I have some podcasts, y'all, dating back to like 2011. Like, I still have them saved because they spoke to me so much. And in your life, what I want to encourage you in is, what are you giving God to use? Continue to grow in the things of God. Because growth is not inevitable. Growth is optional. Spiritual growth, mental growth. Physical growth, it happens. Right? Like, you have a, a, a kid is going to grow up to be an adult. Right? But to grow in the things of God, it has to be purposeful. Because you grow older, but you don't automatically grow wiser. 
You grow older, but you don't automatically grow closer to God. It takes a decision to not stay where I am, but to pursue God. So you have to come a point in your life where you choose growth over comfort. There has to be a time in your life where you decide, I don't know where I'm going, but I cannot stay stagnant. I got to continue to grow in the things of God. Like, so this is growth over comfort. Like, I have to make a decision, yes, but then I have to be persistent in that decision. Because if I show up to the gym once, I'm not going to have an ab pop out immediately. No, I have to be persistent. Not only do I have to be persistent at the gym, I have to be persistent in my diet. I have to be persistent in my sleep. I have to be persistent. I have to make a decision to do something that is uncomfortable. Because many of us are just looking for a comfortable life. Can I tell you, God is not after your comfort. He's not. God is after your fruitfulness. And sometimes in order to be fruitful, you have to be uncomfortable because you got to make a decision to grow and to keep growing in the things of God. Growth isn't easy. That's why they call it growing pains. My little kids, they'll come to me and say, my knees hurt. My back hurts. It's like, come on, you're not that old. Margaret does that all the time. She gets it from her mom. Like, it's called growing pains for a reason. Because sometimes it's uncomfortable to grow. Sometimes it, it, it hurts to grow. Especially if you grow too fast. It can be hard. Sometimes when we first get saved, we, it's like drinking from a fire hose. We take in anything and everything from the word of God and through prayer and through podcasts and messages. And we're taking it all in and we're loving it. And the Bible puts it this way. You're soaring high on wings like eagles. And that's what it's like. It feels like, man, this is amazing. And what I found is people that are soaring high on wings like eagles eventually just start running. There's nothing wrong with running. But then you get to a point in your life where you walk and not faint. Where you will walk and not faint. You can run for a short amount of time. You can walk fast. But if you walk slow, you can walk for miles on end. But you just keep walking. And this is where it is in your life is that sometimes, well, I'm not moving as fast as I used to, so I get discouraged, and then I just kind of go stagnant. And then I just start checking off boxes. That's not what we're called to do. We're called to keep on growing in the things of God. How are you moving towards the things of God? What are you sowing into your life? Continue to keep sowing things into your life. They say it like this is that, God will steer a ship that has its sails down and is moving. So for you, as you continue to apply yourself, as you continue to grow yourself, God's like, you're giving things for God to use. Like, keep taking in things. Well, I don't have an opportunity to preach, to teach people. Well, just keep taking things in. God will find you. He knows where to find you, David. Like, you're on the backside of the mountain, and people can forget about you. But he knows where to find you when he's ready for you. Some people think that, that God forgot. What if God was just saving? What if God was just saving to keep you from being corrupted? And so what we do is then we stop tending the sheep. We stop perfecting our craft because we think that God forget about, forgot about us. No, we're called to keep on growing and, 
And, and the thing about growing is that sometimes it's in a hard environment that we actually grow the most. Because I can have an easy environment, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to be rooted. Because I can have the imperfect environment to grow, but if there's no challenge, it's only a matter of time before a storm comes and knocks me over. There was a scientist, they were developing a, a, like a dome system to be able to have life on Mars and kind of this self-sustaining system that they, they, they planted all these plants in and these had these trees that grew up. And then one day, all of these trees just fell over. They said, well, we don't get it. It had the perfect environment, great sunny day, mist and water that watered the environment. And they come to find out that these trees had no roots. They grew up just fine. But they had no root system. That all it took was a gentle door closing that the tree finally fell over. And they said that, they came to the conclusion, what happens to a tree when the wind blows against it is it actually causes that root to grow deeper. It causes that root to be more strengthened. And so in your life, you can grow all you want. But sometimes it's those Windy seasons that actually cause you to be resolute in your faith. No, I know what God called me. Yeah, you got passed up. No, no, no. I know God called me. I know he's, he's planted something in my life. I'm going to continue to stay faithful to the thing that God, I know I don't see it right now, but I'm going to continue in the things and the ways of God. So it was in a perfect environment, but it had no root because the wind caused the root to grow. Roots keep you stable. Roots keep you from being unfruitful. And get this. Roots are established through relationships. Write that down if you're taking notes. Roots are established through relationships. Let's try to say this together. That way we're all on the same page here. Say this after me. Say roots are established through relationships. We see it in Acts 2.46. It says every day. They continue to meet together in the temple course. You mean every day? Like, it's tough for some of us to go to church once a week. Like, it's tough for some of us to go to group once a week. These early Christians were every day. Now, I'm not saying that you need to gather together every day with believers. But it would be good for you to be in contact. Like, today we got, like, texting and we got FaceTime. Like, reach out to a brother or a sister in Christ. Encourage them. Strengthen them. It's important for us to be connected as a family continually. Like, yeah, you want to be planted? This is what I believe. Being in church every single week helps you be planted. You want to produce fruit? Being in church every single week helps you produce fruit. Being in a group, which meet every single week, help you to be planted. Being in a group every single week help you to produce fruit. It helps you to grow. So roots are established through relationships. They met together every day in the temple courts. They broke bread. Where? In their homes. And ate together with glad and sincere hearts. With glad and sincere hearts. They were happy to. Can I tell you, they were happy to, but even in our lives, we will have times when we are not happy to. What I found with group is sometimes... We, we get to a point where like, I just don't want to grow to group. Usually after group, though, I leave group thinking, man, I'm so glad I went to group. Like I have glad and sincere heart after the meeting. Like I can't tell you how many times I've gone to Kelly and I'm, you know, babe, hot stuff. I don't want to go tonight. And I mean, sometimes she'll, most of the time she'll be like, 
yeah, but too bad. I mean, she's like, yeah, yeah. But what do we do? We still get dressed. We still get our shoes on. We still get in the car. Because this is what we're doing when we do that. We're going to keep moving. We're not going to stop. We're going to keep staying in community. Every day they got together. They broke bread together. I'm going to keep moving and growing in the things of God. So many of us look at church as like a place that we go. It's not a place that we go. I'm telling you, it's not a place that we go. Look at your brother on your right. Say, you're my brother from another mother. And if it was a sister, you could say, you're my sister from another mister. Like we're the family of God. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. Guys, this isn't like an organization that we're a part of. It's something so much bigger. It's God's plan A for earth. It's God's plan A for humanity. Like you're a part of something so much bigger. By staying in connection and staying in community and not being uprooted and going from one community to another and to another and to another and to another, what happens is you never get planted. And all it takes is a crisis in your life to uproot you and to make you fall over. So roots are established through relationships. This church isn't a building that we attend or a thing that we go to. It's a family that we're a part of. Turn to one another and with your best dom from Fast and Furious impression, say this. Say, this is family. It's family. That's what God desires for it to be. It's a sense of community. And get this. Relationships take time to develop. I did not propose to Kelly the day I met her. I'm still learning that woman. That amazing blessing of God. I'm serious. I'm not, there's no sarcasm in that at all. <laughs> like I'm still learning. She's still learning me. I got friends. I've been friends for years and we're still learning each other. I had a conversation with one of my friends last week. <laughs> you know, like this is what it looks like for a relationship. You're understanding me, and I'm understanding you. The important thing is that you never give up on that. Because we're all looking to understand one another. It takes time to develop those, relation, those relationships. you got to show up over and over and over again and participate over and over and over again. Well, I don't know anyone. Okay, well, like participate in some stuff. Right? Like maybe, let me challenge you here. Make it a point to come early to church and to stay late. Start there. With the purpose of trying to connect with someone. Now our church is so great, there can't be someone sitting at a table with a coffee by themselves for very long before someone comes up and says hi. But I want to encourage you as well, you be that person to someone else. Do you know that you have something to give? Like the Holy Spirit has given something to you to be able to contribute? Well, I don't know a whole lot about God or the Bible. It doesn't matter. God's in touch your life. You have a story to share. And you have a story the world needs to hear. So being able to go around and be able to share that, start there. And tell you what, that's actually almost just as powerful as, as knowledge. I would argue it's even more powerful because no one can take that away from you. I know what God did in my life. So instead of waiting for someone to come up to you and talk to you, how about you go and talk to someone else? But it, the only reason it, it, it kind of causes us to hesitate is we don't feel like we have much to give. But I want you to know, and I implore you to know, you have something to give to this house. You have something that someone else in this house needs. 
And if you don't give it, you inhibit the growth of this church. Because as you go, I go. As I go, you go. We grow together. The Bible talks to us about us as like a body of Christ. Like Christ is the head and we're the body. And we actually are called to grow together. Not isolated, not, not a person that is off doing this weird little thing where they have this grand revelation. of Because this is what happens is uh, they'll get into this weird little phase where they start reading a lot of different books. Now, there's nothing wrong with reading books, but don't read those books more than you read the Word of God. And what happens is they get off on all these little tangents. And this is what I see happen almost every time to that person is they start to look it down on the church. They start to think of themselves as higher than everyone else. Well, because knowledge puffs up, right? But love edifies. So I don't look at myself as I'm higher than thou. I'm, I'm way better off than every single person because I'm, I'm getting in the Word. No, we grow together. The Bible says to share every good thing you have learned with your teacher. Not a whole lot of people coming up to me and telling me what they've learned. I'm not saying you have to come up to me. Share it with one another. Hey, this is what the Lord's doing in my life. Even some of your hard times as well, right? Because we're called to bear one another's burdens. So we have these parts of the body. Sometimes they grow disproportionately. And they don't ever really, they're like connected to the body, but they're not really serving like a part in the body. And they start to grow independently. What do you call that? You call it like a tumor or like a growth, right? And sometimes they're like, hey, that's not really supposed to be there because it wasn't really, it's not really serving anything. It's just doing its own thing. Right? No, we grow together. We, we strengthen one another, every ligament. And I can share this with you as our closing verse. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14, he gave the church apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists. Why? That there will be no longer be infants, us. Like, so the pastor's here to try to help you say, like, hey, I am trying to give you the word of God in love and in truth so that we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. So what is this? I'm trying to help you get planted. Do you see it? Like that's my role. Guys, I want you to flourish. I want every single person in this church to flourish. But I want you to know like in order to do that, sometimes you got to choose growth over comfort. You got to be planted. Verse 15, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow. Not you. It's we. Like, like we grow together. We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. So from him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, that's our role, grows so Christ being the head, we're growing together, and it builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So we grow because we are connected to Christ. Can I put this in your pipe, and you can question if you want to smoke it or not? God is not... All you need. He's not. 
Even God himself would agree with that statement. He even did. Because he created Adam. Adam had a perfect relationship with God. But God still said about that relationship, he said, it is not good for man to be alone. Even God has three parts in one. And he says, it's not good for man to be alone. Can I tell you, you need each other. I need you. You need me. And that's okay. Like, I need this bro right here. I need all these friends right here. Right? I need all these friends right here. Like, we need each other. As a church, we're the body of Christ. And as we take a hold of that, we grow together. Because we all have something that the body needs to grow. See, our, our growth is dependent on Christ and the fellowship of other believers. Not one or the other. One and the other. In your life, turn to the person next to you and say, we grow together. It's important in your life, even as like a marriage, like you grow together. Like, and this is what happens when one falls down. What's to say the other one's there to pick them up? The pity the one who falls down and has no one there to pick him up. Like, do you have relationships in your life? Do you have godly relationships in your life? When was the last time you had someone rebuke you? That can kind of determine what kind of relationship you have in your life. My wife does that to me all the time. I'm not, I'm dead serious. Guys, I am one of the most pessimistic, optimistic pers persons you'll ever see. Because in public, I'm the most optimistic, faith-filled, but in private, my head goes some places, and sometimes I let them out of my mouth. Thank God I do, because my wife is able to say, whose word is that? Right? Like, you need to be able to have someone in your life that can tell you when you're kind of starting to believe in a lie. And that's to keep us from being blown from every wind of doctrine and teaching and all that stuff. Because sometimes the scheming isn't something from outside, it's something from in here. But some of us, we let our lives... The lies run wild in our head. And then we start to isolate, and then those lies get louder and louder and louder, right? And then when a brother comes, we don't really yield to it, and we're just like, I'm going to go do my own thing. And you do your own thing. You can do that, but you're going to get cut off at the root. There's only a matter of time before that flower starts to wither, before that tree falls over. So we grow together. So we're called as a church. This is the whole sermon in one statement. I could have saved you this last 30 minutes. <laughs> we're all called to not be idled, but to grow in our faith. Not alone, but together. And I want you to know that growth comes with a price. And that means to make a decision to not live comfortably. So we got groups every week. We have church every week. And I want to encourage this church, what are you doing to grow in the things of God? To grow in those relationships. Would you stand to your feet?
Is this helpful to anyone here this, this morning? I'm just looking for a little, like, affirmation here, like, for me. You see the, the insecurity come out. Like, even for me, like, there's times in my life where I'm always, is this helping anyone? Right? And there's time, like, I think that all the time in my life. And, well, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> like, but I say that not to, but to, like, guys, it's very real. And I have people in my life that help me in that regard. Who do you have in yours? And I want to pray for those divine appointments over you. I want to pray that we'd be a church that's planted and continue to keep growing. Amen? Amen. Hey, let me pray over you today. Father God, I thank you for our church. God, I pray that you would strengthen them, help them to get planted in the ways and the things of the Lord. God, that where the devil has come in to try to uproot or to plant different different seeds among the, the, the wheat, Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit would do his work best and to pluck up those seeds and to, that we would be fruitful 30, 60, 100 fold. God, I thank you that there is, a, there is a, a, a plan for each and every single person here in this room and that the plans of the Lord will prevail and the plans of the enemy will not prevail. And so, God, where people have aligned themselves with lies, I pray that they would be revealed truth this morning. God, that we'd be able to follow the Holy Spirit in all of His ways. I pray for divine appointments. I pray for divine relationships. God, I pray for a church that doesn't grow complacent or comfortable in Jesus' name. God, I pray for a church that where your house is, God, there your presence is. And just right now, if you're in this place and you're saying, I want to give you a moment to introduce you to this Lord that I've given my life to, that I talked about I was with depression and suicide, and he's helped me with that. And I tell you, God cares for you and your every single need. And it's just a prayer that says, God, I need you. In a moment, I want you to lift up your hand because I want to know who I'm praying for today. On the count of three, I'm going to ask that you lift up your hand. If you're in this place and you're saying, I'm far from God, I turned my back from God, I'm no longer following him anymore, or maybe you've never even given him in your life, right now is your opportunity. Would you lift your hand up on the count of three? One, two, three. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand back there. I see your Thank you so much for listening today. And we want to give a special thank you to those that give so generously to My City Church. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you would like to give today, please hit the link in the description or go to our website at mycitychurch.cc forward slash give. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it on all of your social media. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless.